Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy today to be with you to be talking about the topic of choice today, which is love, the energy of love, the feeling of love, the emotion of love, and how we call that energy in, that feeling, that emotion into our body, how we cultivate it, how we can experience more of it, experience it in a divine way, experience it in a beautiful way that nourishes us and that nourishes those around us and that come into contact with us. So what is, what is love? What is love? It's a feeling, it's an emotion, it cannot be seen. It's very, very difficult to actually pin it down and describe it. It's remarkably elusive, elusive, but it is most definitely felt, it is most definitely real. And some people would suggest that the way you try and pin it down is really something that almost defies the quality of love and really there's something of mystery around it and that it should be kept that way and part of me kind of feels into that and agrees with that but also part of me thinks it's very useful and helpful for us to build our understandings around what this quality is what this energy is and put some words to it point to it a little bit and also talk about the oils that can help us the essential oils that can help us tap into the energy that can help amplify the energy cultivate that energy within our own body systems it may well be that the definition of love is best left to artists poets musicians but i do invite you to journal a little bit around what love is for you what does it mean for you what words would you put to it if you were trying to describe it to somebody who had no understanding of it so for me love is the energy of connection it's a connection between myself and another or even a connection of myself to myself and also my connection to other beings if you like to other creations to nature to um to the plants to to the sky to the sun this also evokes a quality of love in me using the essential oils gives us those opportunities it gives us those moments of connection both to ourselves and to others and i see this in my yoga classes every time i offer an essential oil to a student so when i teach yoga invariably i'll be using essential oils throughout the practice to help People go a little bit deeper to help people connect a little bit more to themselves and to their own relaxation. And invariably, I will witness as a student inhales the aroma from the palms of their hands, I will witness transformations in front of my very eyes. Facial expressions begin to change. Body begins to open. Shoulders relax. Heart expands. It can be, it can be seen, but also felt in the room. So it could be said that each time we apply a pure, high quality essential oil, we connect into that energy of love. 
pure love, I would suggest, is for another, let's say, is a heartfelt wish for that person to exist in the fullest expression, healthiest, happiest state of being for themselves. And in love, we tend to see the positive qualities of another. We tend to open up to those positive qualities. Love is wide, love is expansive, love is opening. And let's turn to the musicians for a moment just to define it. So one of my favorite singers is Nat King Cole and he talks about the quality of love in one of his songs. I believe it's called Nature Boy. And it's one of my favorite lyrics of all time in any song. And he says, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is to love and be loved in return. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is to just to love and be loved in return. So, so beautiful. So let's think about oils to support this feeling. So we can look at we can look at love from a quality of loving, loving another, loving another person, another being, a pet, um, nature, loving something else. And we can also look at it from this quality of being loved, being loved ourselves. So the oils, I'm, and I, I'm going to split the oils into those two categories just, just for organizational sake. It's not a rigid boundary. Obviously, there's overlap in all of these things, but it does help us to uh, uh, just categorize things, sometimes can just help us organize and have a deeper understanding. So when we're looking at oils for loving, for loving others, but also thinking of loving, loving ourselves, <laughs> thinking of oils like geranium, marjoram, and with doTERRA, we have this beautiful blend called Forgive. And if we were looking at oils more for being loved, but I think again, there's a big overlap here, thinking of oils such as bergamot, niaoli, um, myrrh essential oil, air blend that doTERRA make. One that covers literally both those parameters, those definitions is the oil of the moment, rose essential oil. Rose essential oil is an essential oil that vibrates at the energy of love, literally vibrates at the energy of love. And part of the reason of this is because it calls in this energy of oneness. So it helps us feel that we are whole, it helps us feel that we are complete, that we are together, that we are as one, if you like. It facilitates forgiveness and helps to bring us to a place where there can be more compassionate acceptance. And we all know that when we've had a difficult time with another, if there can be a way through where there is the opportunity to find compassionate acceptance of the situation of the other, and perhaps also forgiveness, although not necessary, but part of the process can be to step into to forgiveness, then rose essential oil is a great companion, a great partner to help us step into that feeling, to help evoke that, that feeling. It has a very euphoric quality to it. When you breathe in an essential oil like rose, it has this kind of uh, encapsulating quality where it takes us into this bubble of its own creation it's kind of bubble of bliss I've heard it described as it's an extremely powerful oil to work with for the heart and for this quality of love 
doTERRA, the company that I partner with mostly for my essential oils, source their essential oil rose in Bulgaria. And in fact, half of the um, half of the global rose essential oil is sourced from Bulgaria. And it's a very particular process to collect the rose petals. It's it's before the sun crests on the horizon, the rose damasena, that's the 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 type of rose that that we use is is harvested workers can be found harvesting these very delicate blooms of the rose damascena highly labor intensive production process with a very low yield takes more than 10,000 freshly picked rose blossoms to produce just one five milliliter bottle of your rose essential oil and because the rose petals are so delicate, the distillation process needs to happen that same day um, that the, the, the petals are harvested, that the flower is harvested. So from all of this labor, remembering 10,000 freshly picked rose blossoms, blossoms just to produce a five mil of essential oil, what happens from that is this essential oil, beautiful in rich and luxurious essential oil really know, known for its um its its aroma of sensuality of romance and of love some really simple easy places that you can um, anoint yourself with rose essential oil is to the center of the forehead that point also known as yin tang and also to the center of the chest, the center of the breastbone, a point known as CB17. If you don't know, or you're not familiar with those two points, just look them up. But instinctively you'll take, you'll probably have a sense, center of the, the forehead, just between the eyebrows, point yin tang, and center of the chest for CB17. And these are very soothing applications of the essential oil because there's a strong heart mind connection so whether you're applying it to the the center of the forehead you're going to slow down calm down center the the brain the mind um, which in effect would take us into the body and into the heart and you'll also when applying to the heart you're directly accessing that heart center let's look at love from the perspective of the brain so it seems that the feeling of love helps to take us out of the fear response, the fear response that is associated with the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. So the prefrontal cortex to remind you or to open you up to this idea is the area of the brain associated with empathy, with forgiveness, with introspection, with self-reflection, with problem solving, with that kind of big picture thinking. Also associated the prefrontal cortex with language and with self-motivation. So this is an area of the brain that's associated with setting goals, with a very focused attention and even with moments of insight. So the fear response can drop into the limbic system and into the prefrontal cortex. And what it's shown is that love can take us out of that fear response. So it's very true if you think about it, it's impossible to be in a state of fear and love at the same time. It's not possible to hold both state of fear and the state of love in your mind at the same time. True, it's possible to flip between the two and sometimes we can flip very quickly because we're very complex beings. We can flip very quickly between the state of fear and love, but we cannot hold stories of fear in our mind 
and then also have this at the same time have this capacity to love Lisa Wimberger in her book Neurosculpting she says we can't evolve when we hold stories of fear in the mind and then command the heart to open so then the job becomes to soothe the limbic system to soothe that fear-based limbic operating system which can then in turn create the possibility for the heart to open Thinking of oils to do this, my primary oil to soothe and calm a, a busy or overactive thinking mind, which is often one of the precursors to fear, is sandalwood. Sandalwood essential oil known for its ability to relax and calm and soothe us. Also worth knowing that love is good for us. So this ability that love has to diminish stress and anxiety. It's actually good for you to be in love, whether that's with your beloved, whether that's with your pet, whether that's with nature, whether that's with an idea, a philosophy. Um, you know, maybe you really love a practice that speaks to you. I happen to really, really love yoga. I'm in love with yoga. I'm in love with the power of yoga for all of the ways that it supports and heals people, myself included. And this power of love is instrumental in helping to reduce states of anxiety and stress. So if we can find a way to hold that capacity within our being, that, that state of love, it's going to help reduce stress and anxiety. And there's a study that actually shows this, that the way that we perceive pain is actually lessened when we are holding the hands of somebody we love. Studies were done where um, pain was in, in inflicted minor pain was inflicted on um, on two groups of people, uh, one with the, the person just sitting alone and then the other with the person holding the hand of their beloved. And the degree to which they experienced the pain was less, significantly less when they were holding hands with someone they loved. Also significant with this cultivation of the quality of love is to know that love has a lot to do with safety feeling safe it has a lot to do with inclusion belonging and also it has a lot to do with being acknowledged and we'll see this in a definition later on in the podcast but lisa wimberger again in her book neurosculpting she says quote it is far easier to give and receive love when we belong to a supportive group or tribe than when we feel outcast or a loner Neuroscience has discovered that when our sense of inclusion or relatability is threatened, the brain easily defaults to limbic threat mode. Remember, that's the fear-based limbic threat mode, and we begin to upregulate the stress process. So our sense of being, she continues, our sense of being loved and even giving love has something to do with our ability to feel safe and as though we are part of a community. So I have questions for you to consider. Where is it that you feel that you belong? Who are your tribe? And what makes you feel like you have come home to yourself? What makes you feel like you're at home, like you belong? And for me, it's it's many, many things, but in relation to the oils, whenever I take a moment, and it can be a very brief moment of inhaling an essential oil that I particularly love, I feel a return. I feel a return home to myself. 
It can be done through simple breath. It can be done through taking a moment of journaling how you're feeling. These practices, it's really worth stressing this, these practices are simple. They don't have to be long, full hour <laughs> experiences. They can be momentary, but in taking that momentary experience, whether it's with an oil, whether it's with your breath, whether it's with pen and paper, a cup of tea, nature, a friend, a text message to a friend, any little moment like that, what it's doing is it's it's calling you back home to yourself, bringing you into this place where you belong to yourself, which can help us open our heart and begin to feel more loved, more loved towards ourself and more in love with ourself. Oxytocin, sometimes called the love hormone, also is something that I wanted to touch on. So neurologically, love and trust have a lot to do with this active hormone of oxytocin within the brain. And this, ox this hormone, oxytocin, it's one that comes online when we are nursing, uh, when we are breastfeeding our baby, uh, during childbirth, also comes online during sexual reproduction. And it's also interesting to note that it comes online when we are gazing into the eyes of someone I love. we love, <laughs> whether that's our beloved, whether that's our pet, our children, dear friend, dear family member. Oxytocin is said to be a chemical that helps us to feel more safe. It helps us to bond more, to feel more trust. But it's worth knowing that love is not, it's not just a chemical reaction, but it is, it can be marked by these chemical reactions. So this increase in oxytocin can not necessarily create love, but it can create some of the feelings associated with love. So oils for oxytocin are rose essential oil, jasmine essential oil, and sandalwood essential oil. There's also been a study on clary sage, which I often refer to, which shows the changes in the saliva of women who have inhaled essential, the essential oil of clary sage during full-time pregnancy, so maybe early stages of, of labor, but really in full-time pregnancy, those women who inhale clary sage, it shows an increase in their oxytocin in the saliva. So interesting. So let's now look at the heart, the specifics of the heart. Supporting love through our body. We know using essential oils literally alters the state and the being of our cells. We know that when we use oils regularly and consistently and continually, the makeup of our cells starts to change, starts to alter. We start to vibrate at this energy of purity when we're working with really um, high quality essential oils we start to vibrate with an energy of purity oneness and nature when we call those essential oils into our body so our state of being the state of ourselves begins to open us up to qualities such as trust such as safety such as relaxation all of those states trust safety relaxation all are states that help to promote this feeling of love now the olfactory sensors, these receptors, we know they exist within the brain, within as we breathe in through the nose. We know that's part of the process of aroma and how it st starts to alter the limbic system, how it can take us out of that place of fear and drop us into that place of receptivity. But what's also really fascinating to me is that these olfactory receptor cells are not only in the nasal cavity they're not only in the nasal cavity they are also 
to be found in other organs on the body. So scientists have recently found that the heart, the blood, the lungs and other cells in the body also have these same receptors for sensing odors that exist within the nose. So it's not that we're necessarily smelling the smell of I don't know, a cup of coffee or a beautiful cinnamon roll that you love to eat through the receptors, the olfactory receptors on your heart. But there is something that is speaking to them in some way. There is some connection there. There is an interaction there. And we're still yet to learn it. We're still at such very early stages of understanding this incredible process that runs through our body. But it's just interesting to know that that sense of smell, those olfactory receptors, exist throughout your whole body and on your heart. Many, many, many olfactory receptors on your heart. So it starts to open up these questions that whether the heart, for example, does actually in its own language smell that quality of that essential oil. So in my quest to understand this powerful emotion a little bit more deeply, I explored some trusted resources. I went to people that I love to learn from and that I love to study with. And I went to Brene Brown, who is a research professor in the States. Many of you will know of her work. She has really excavated our understanding of shame and how that impacts many of our behaviors, our feelings and our actions. She has really explored the quality of vulnerability and how this opens us up to experience life in a, in a very fuller and more meaningful way. And she's recently explored the full range of human emotions in a book called Atlas of the Heart. She's exploring, I think there's 87 different emotions that she explores in this book. And she touches also on the emotion of love. And she gives a beautiful definition of love really based on her many, many years of research in the field. So it's a scientific explanation, if you like, of the emotion. She does acknowledge that there is a limit to this definition, but it does help us, I think, just in that idea of pointing towards the feeling, pointing towards the feeling. So she touches on the importance of self-love as the barometer for our experience of love and being loved, really touching on this idea that the capacity that we have to love ourselves really influences the capacity and the way in which we're able to love other people. She says, of course, that love is this emotion that we feel for many different people and in many different contexts, ranging from intimate partner to family to friends to pets. She doesn't touch on love of nature or other more um, ethereal things, but she defines love this way. She says we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known and when we honour the spiritual connection that grows with that offering with trust, respect, kindness and affection. She continues, love is not something that we get or we give, it is something we nurture and we grow, a connection that can be cultivated between two people only when it exists within one of them. We can love others only as much as we love ourselves. I'll say that again because it's important. It's not something that we get or we give. It's something that we nurture, a connection that can be cultivated between two people only when it exists within each one of them. 
we can love others only as much as we love ourselves. Shame, blame, disrespect, she continues, betrayal and the withholding of affection damage the roots from which love grows. Love can survive these injuries only if they are acknowledged and healed and rare. And that's totally my experience. I can forgive, I can totally forgive really almost anything, I think, but it has to be acknowledged by the other for that forgiveness to really move on to this place where love can be experienced, love can be given and can be received again. Acknowledgement is important. It's an important one that I think can be over overlooked sometimes. But I want to highlight really the sentence where she explores that we can only love others as much as we love ourselves. We can only love others as much as we love ourselves. So here we have this practice that you've heard many times before from many different people, which is this practice of self-love and this practice of self-compassion and what that looks like and what that feels like and how we can unravel that, unpack that and really dedicate and devote ourselves to that. It's totally been my experience, the more that I can pour love into myself, the more I'm able to pour love into others and into other things that are important to me. There's an interesting tradition that I learned about in South African folklore. And this is the activity that when somebody in that tribe does something wrong or acts badly, what happens is all the members of the tribe come together around that person. And that person is placed at the center of the village and people come together around that person and they begin to catalog the positive, the good qualities of that person. So you're showering, they are showering positivity into this person rather than shaming them, rather than blaming them, rather than pointing at the wrong, they are pointing at the positivity that they see in that person. It's a beautiful uh, practice and one that I think would be really exciting to explore further. And you know, we do this often very naturally when a young child has done something wrong and then they become very introspective and can start to blame themselves. Often as a, as a, as a kind, loving carer or parent, we may start to forgive and just highlight to them the positive qualities that they have repeat back to them the positive qualities that we see in that child so that we can lift them and elevate them so that they can understand that this act does not define them. This act is simply something that was done by them, that moved through them, but is definitely not their character, their definition and does not become part of their identity. We also see this in a slightly different way in that brilliant film, uh, it's a Wonderful Life, which is one of my favorite films, which um, Jimmy Stewart's character, the George Bailey character, gets to see the impact of his existence on the rest of the townsfolk, where he kind of gets to step outside of his life for a moment and starts to see what would happen if he had never lived and the impact that he's had, subtle and profound, on people's lives. So when we feel sad or when we feel low, we might for example, reach out to a friend or we might read a supportive passage in a book. And being seen, being heard in that way is a very, very powerful healer. 
being seen, being heard in that way is a very powerful healer. And to cultivate that practice of compassion, to turn that in on ourselves, to turn that compassionate, loving ac- action inwards to ourselves, is a daily practice and one that will only bear the fruit of love for yourself and for others. And it's not an act of self-delusion, but more an act of gaining perspective on the full picture of who we are, that full complex picture of who we are in an ever-challenging world. So my best oils for self-compassion, the ones that I go to when I really feel I need to call that in, that quality of self-compassion in, is primarily ylang-ylang. Ylang-ylang is the oil of the inner child. It has this pure simplicity where it can connect to the pure simplicity of the heart. And you can start to play with this as you work with the oil. Maybe you can start to ask yourself questions as you breathe in the aroma. If you have it close to hand, perhaps you reach for it even now and take it in. If you don't, maybe you just for a moment, if it's safe for you, you close your eyes and you just draw in that energy of ylang ylang and ask yourself, what was it like for you as a child to be playful? What did the childlike version of you just love, love, love to do? What did she love to do? For me, it was playing in the garden. It was playing in the garden and creating a whole world of personalities. I would play, spend hours on my own playing, creating a world of personalities, a world of scenarios, and time would just be irrelevant, completely lost in that process of creation and being outside in nature. So Ylang Ylang encourages this quality of play, restores this very childlike nature, joyful nature of you. And there's certain aromas that do this. They help to lift the mood and they create endorphins, those feel good, um, uh, those feel good endorphins that run through the body that help us feel a little bit brighter, a little bit happier. Another oil that does this incidentally is vanilla. Vanilla is, by the way, apparently one study claims that it is the world's favorite aroma. It's the world's favorite smell. Ylang Ylang specifically stimulates the part of the brain that releases endorphins, those feel good neurotransmitters that get released during, sometimes during exercise or sometimes in response to a stressful situation. And what they do, as I was talking about earlier, is they begin to reduce the perception of pain. They begin to create a subtle sense of euphoria. Interesting to note also that ylang ylang has an effect on blood pressure and also on the sympathetic nerve system activity. A study investigated the effectiveness of aromatherapy using lemon, lavender and ylang ylang on blood pressure, on heart rate variability, on aortic pulse wave velocity and on the aortic augmentation index of essential hypertensive patients. And what the study concluded was that aromatherapy using those three oils, lemon, lavender, and ylang ylang, and I would suggest that lavender and ylang ylang are very instrumental in this a specific um, action where they were shown to lower systolic blood pressure and sympathetic nerve system activity. Useful to also have the science to back up the energy, the feelings that the oils bring us. My other two oils that I go to for self-care, for self-compassion, for really amplifying a quality of self-love, firstly, geranium. Geranium is the oil of love and trust. It helps us restore confidence in the world. It helps to remind us of our own innate goodness, takes us out of that shame 
and blame culture that we can drop into either through the influences around us or through our habitual patterns helps us to bring in a a trust reminding us of our goodness encouraging emotional honesty love and also forgiveness and then marjoram surprisingly maybe because it's not a floral and i think we tend to associate florals with love marjoram is my go-to if i've become particularly hard on myself. Marjoram is known as the oil of connection and what it gifts me is this quality of softening within strength. So it allows us to drop into our own capability to rest in a power of connection. Can also reveal the barriers that we might have to love, to both loving ourselves and to others. And also can reveal the obstacles that may be we have inadvertently placed between ourselves and others. Sometimes we can have a reaction, a a response through past patterning where we expect that pattern to repeat, whether it's conscious or subconscious, and that can prevent us from forming connections with others. And really marjoram is the oil to help break that habit. So recognizing that might be a habit for you as I'm talking, or maybe you already knew this was a habit in a particular area and maybe calling on marjoram to break that pattern. I'm reminded of the Rumi quote, the very famous Rumi quote, which says your task is not to seek for love, but to merely seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Marjoram illustrates that quote perfectly. Your task is not to seek for love, but to merely seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. So that's my little introduction, I would say, on love. It's such a incredibly enormous topic that we could look at from so many different perspectives, but I wanted to just start to point to it, point to the energy of it, to point to some of the words around it, to help us connect to it because really it's needed it's very needed for ourself for our own growth for our evolution for our own sense of joy purpose and happiness we can cultivate it we all deserve it and we can cultivate it and the oils can be fantastic partners in that cultivation so i have a few little practices for you as we bid farewell. The first one is to consider what it would be like to woo yourself. What is your love language? How would you do that? How would you woo yourself? If you had a day or a morning or an hour or three minutes, what would you do? What language would you use for yourself towards yourself? What food would you eat? What practices would you embark on? What oils would you love to use? What thoughts would you think about yourself if you were really calling in that quality of falling in love, falling in love with yourself and just using it as a playful game? And then also considering as you turn this out towards your friends, your family, your loved ones, your beloveds, what is their love language? Because invariably it will be very different to yours. It won't be your love language, you know, one of my kids, her love language is really not essential oils. And I try and love on her with (laughs) essential oils. And it's just like, just doesn't land. It's not her love language right now. Maybe it will be one day. But right now it's not. I have to find 
other ways to express it, to express love towards her. So what is the love language of your beloveds? Sometimes it's a very simple practice of listening to be heard. Tiffany Carroll, one of my teachers, she says, to be listened to is so much like being loved that it is hard to know the difference. To be listened to is so much like being loved that it's hard to know the difference. And if you have been in that presence of a sweet one who has really heard you without needing to comment or add or fix or change, but just simply witnessed and heard you, you'll know that that experience feels like love. So I leave you with the Nat King Cole quote once more. Our practice is simply to learn to love and to be loved in return. Wishing you many, many blessings and see you all really, really soon. Much, much love.